What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's the Music Guy Podcast coming at you with another fine, fine internet radio show today. My name is Al Rowe. I'm a music guy. I play guitar, I sing, I write songs, I make records, I teach. And uh, yesterday I did a 12-hour video shoot for the Christmas record that I've played on. And I'm also producing with uh, the artists uh, Beverly Mahood, Max Shepard, and Leah Daniels. The it's Agenda guys were all on it. It's Agenda Christmas. It's a very Agenda Christmas. I'm so tired today, but I'm here and... Psyched to be here with you, my friend Michael Hebbs, all the way in Whippy, Ontario. He's a guitarist, a backup vocalist, a composer, a teacher, all around handsome, great guy. What's up? What's up, my dude? I How did not work for 12 hours yesterday. Uh, I taught a little bit and, you know, I'm just languishing. I, th- I, I think I know what languish, languish means. That's a good word. Uh, languish. Yeah, I- I think it's just like relaxing and anguish because, you know, you want to be doing things. But I'm probably wrong. Oh, there's a little oh. doggo in the bottom corner. His little face little face popped up. Yeah, a little Coop, Coop's <laughs> on the show today. Shout out to oh, Coop. I like that. <laughs> um, we're live on YouTube as we are every week. So if you want to come by and, and check out the podcast before it's available on audio format, you are welcome to do so. Uh, you can find all of our episodes at musicguypodcast.com. And, uh, of course, you can follow us on Spotify or uh, any various uh, music. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. No, not music. Uh, podcast you listen apps. to podcasts. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we're, 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 we're halfway through celebration of our 50th episode. Sort of a loose episode. Uh, year mark of us doing this podcast actually a year and a couple months but uh, we sort of wanted to take a look back at what we've done in the past uh give a little synopsis maybe uh share some memories about the show and um if you should so happen to find that particular topic interesting we would encourage you to go back uh to that episode and check it out and and enjoy it um so normally we would do a a question of a week question of the week and or a song of the week um and you can submit your music to us uh music guy podcast at gmail.com or by connecting with mike or myself on social social media or um well i guess those are kind of the only two ways right carry your baby <laughs> yeah and uh and we do have a bunch of great music Uh, to play for you in the coming weeks, but we're going to get straight into it as we have a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, How am I doing? Am I setting this up? I think think that's it. I mean, like, I feel like I feel rusty today, man. I feel like I don't know how to to broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I I never know how to broadcast. Like Like if we took you away and it was just me, I, I I don't (laughs) think I could do it just because, I'm always like responding. I'm never like um like carrying things, you know? So mm. it's a lot of pressure on you and then I just sit there and go, Well, I think this. Um, right. Which is awesome. I like that role though. Um but yeah, that's it. I mean, listen to these and that's then it. choose what episodes you think are shit and don't listen to those. <laughs> and I guess we should say the part one was the previous uh yeah. episode. So if you want to hear uh, about you know our earliest attempt at making podcasts, uh, you could 
you could visit uh, some of those old episodes and, and get a taste of it. Uh, let's jump right into it. We're going to pick it up right where we left off with episode 26. And uh, if I know how to use my um, my broadcasting software here, I should be able to show the graphic as well. On the live so let's stream. let's see if I can do that. Yeah, this is like hardcore stuff here. Here's a, a clip of episode 26. Here it is. He was saying that if you can like vary your content, and I think that's a way to vary it. Yeah. You know, don't just post on instagram post on youtube you know do if you're doing songs the whole time people are going to get tired of that i've seen all that like literally everybody's doing oh we're doing an instagram concert and it's like i feel like you should be doing things building up to an instagram concert maybe like once a week and it's like okay here's my daily stupid meme thing Mm -hmm. or here's me singing this really high note or and then it's like yeah but make sure to check out the real deal on this date you know Mm -hmm. I mean, I think doing something is usually better than doing nothing. And yeah, and my my rule that I go by is that consistency is always more important than talent, and it's always more important than almost everything else. Like, I, I mean, I I would say that consistency is more important than qual- quality. You know what I mean? Like, you could release one song, and if it's amazing, cool. But there's this guy that's not that great, and he's been doing it for 15 years. Little clip from our Q and A three episode there, uh, episode twenty six. A little back and forth, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. Um, so, you know, those Q and A episodes are always super fun to do. Lots of variety there. Yeah. Um, if you uh, so, if you enjoy that kind of thing, they're always some of the most fun ones to do. I think because you can't uh, prepare for us. You can't. Yeah. You just got to go off the cuff, and uh, yeah, you know. I, I do still stand by that, man. It, it's like the, the, the people who succeed um, are just the ones that are going at it every day. Yep. They're always releasing content or, you know, they're writing songs every day or they're practicing their instrument every day or whatever. It's just like that consistency. You go back and look, you know, 10 years later, it's like if we're still doing this podcast in 10 years, you know, I, I don't know how we could not be experiencing some amount of success. Yeah, we'll start. A- and I think that just holds true for for everything that's going on. So especially in a time like this where folks have extra time to be be working on things, set up a little schedule, try to try your very hardest to, you know, re- release, uh, you know, something every week. If you're trying to be a, a YouTuber or like if, if you're trying to build up your Instagram following, make a point to release every three days or whatever the metric is that, that makes sense or if you want to start a podcast yep. do it every week you know if you, if you have an only fans and you know your fans are messaging you <laughs> make sure to respond to those because you know yeah apparently that's important i've looked that's into where it. the money's at man. i was thinking or, you I, mean, and I should make a christmas calendar and i think we should release it for sale okay <laughs> that'll for be sale. our first attempt <laughs> at monetization <laughs> yeah yeah oh <sighs> yeah that's where my brain went. That would be a real test of, uh, you know, our self-confidence. Like, how many do you print? Yeah, this is true. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we just do 50, you know, short run? Well, two. Limited edition. One for your mom, one for mine. Uh, just two, like a very <laughs> limited run. Mama yeah. Row and Mama Hefts. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's, uh, you know what else I have to do? This is why I'm feeling confused. is because I don't have the show titles in front of me. Oh, there you go. I mean, this is, so, this is a rookie mistake. When, when, we, 
Oh, what the yeah, fuck is this? Yeah, when we this? edit this... Uh... Well, see, that's the nice thing about these live streams. You know, yeah. you, you get all these fuck-ups, which is sometimes a good thing, sometimes not. That's true. The next one is actually Nick Mayberry, which is an interesting one. Oh, nice. Because uh, Nick Mayberry is is not only, like, you know, an artist, and he's just releasing music for his own enjoyment, um, but he's also an animator. Like, that's what he does full-time, and he's successful. He's not, like, you know, a deadbeat animator, if those exist. I'm sure they do. They must. Yeah, that's what it no, says on Nick my says... Tinder profile. Deadbeat musician. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. working very well for me. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I'd just take musician right out of there if I were. Yeah, yeah. deadbeat <laughs> banker. Yeah, um, yeah. Nick's super talented, super hardworking, great hang, great guy. It was a really nice uh, look at the parallels between our industry here in music and the the film and television industry and just sort of we're all just people doing it you know we're not yep. famous we're not big time uh celebrities or big time producers or anything we're not making a ton of money we're just making a living in an industry that we love and and just some of the parallels there and and how to get into that industry and i think it really tied back well into um having success in the music industry Here's a little clip uh, from our conversation with Nick Mabry, episode 27. My advice to people who are trying to get started in music is to find uh, other people, similar age, similar skill level, uh, and try to build something sort of from the ground up, you know? Rather than... That's fair. Rather than getting in everybody's face who like, you know, whereas, you know, guys like... Mike and I have sort of carved out our our little thing that we got going on. It's like rather than getting up in people's face and being like, hey, hire me, hire me, hire me. It's like you're more likely to get a positive uh, result, I think, if you can find a group of guys, get together and start. If, if your goal is to be a producer, start producing for people for free. Just start doing it or start playing gigs and start trying to becoming a backing band. I mean, this is just me sort of essentially telling people what i did but i feel like it's effective to try to build a excuse me a team or your own network oh well, we lo- probably should have included uh nick in the actual clip yeah my bad <laughs> <laughs> i just but, thought that was really uh, yeah. profound what you said you know like i uh, for oh, a thanks, musician man. it's like they're trying to uh you know get a start because i think getting from zero to one percent is so much harder than getting from 1% to like 50%, you know? Yeah, it certainly can be. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I know that Nick sort of echoed that sentiment. Yes. It's like the people you meet at school or whatever, like whoever you sort of start out with, like grow those relationships and, and, and you know, make make things real. Don't Don't have superficial relationships with people where you're just sort of trying to network for the sake of networking like build relationships because those will be so valuable for you uh down the road so that's a real that was a really fun episode to do and uh i did really enjoy that one it was kind of interesting just picking his brain you know about like little things and just being like well does this happen to you because this happens to me all the time like the idea where it's Mm -hmm. like they know and i was talking to my one buddy he works for ubisoft and now ubisoft apparently isn't like this but he's a like a a character designer for them. Um, mm. But he says in the past, some companies he's worked for, they know, you know, this is your like dream 
uh, and like uh, they're willing to take advantage of that in terms of getting you to work a little bit more or do unreasonable things. Uh, so sure. it's like yeah. that's something that happens in music all the time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Exposure, and baby. Film and TV. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of instances of that. Yeah, when you're in a, a fun industry, it's 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 absolutely something that uh, people will leverage against you, you know. And you and you got to you got to accept a certain amount of that because yes. yeah, we get to like our jobs, so that's pretty nice, but yeah, it it, it is a tricky scenario. Sometimes sure. the hourly wage doesn't really work out as well. Mm, yeah, oh god, yeah. not ever. Yeah. <laughs> um so episode twenty eight, uh, we had some some no name guy on here named uh, Will Hebs. Haven't heard of him. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, Mike's brother Will was on. One of my dearest and oldest friends, Will, uh, and member of the Agenda. Great guitar player. Worked for uh, Amanda Marshall, Beverly Mahood, Leah Daniels. Um, was on the video shoot with you yesterday. We were on the video shoot together yesterday. Uh, Jarvis Church. Uh, he's played in the Junos band. He's done a lot of high yes. profile stuff. And so we just had a, had him on to just chat uh, career and guitar playing and all that kind of stuff. Here's a clip from episode 28 with Will Hebs. Here it is. If you play like a great song, and I'm not, I, I don't mean a big song that's like big on the radio. I mean a great song mm-hmm. that you believe in and you can just really commit to it. That's so much more fulfilling than like, Oh, here's a pop country song about the Georgia Pines and blah, 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 or whatever. That was it. It was short. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah. Will's, I mean, uh, you know. That whole episode is like essentially him just fucking, uh, what's that? That family guy Aaron thing. Grievances. Yeah. You know what grinds my gears? Exactly. You want to know yeah. what grinds Will's gears? Just, yeah. you know, listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of truth to that, though, is yes. like at some point you need to be doing something that you find fulfilling. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to get caught up in. And I mean, we're very fortunate if, if to even get caught up in the world of just working a ton and playing music for other people and, and whatever. But like at some point um, for a lot of us, we are looking for that one project that we do find super fulfilling creatively even if it doesn't like pay super well or or isn't giving like us a, a lot back calendar? you know <laughs> i'd do that for the money i think i'd do yeah. that for the passion <clears throat> you would do it for the passion I, i'd just be i'd just be doing it for the it's money. it's not a sexy christmas a calendar though it's just you know us just hanging out in christmasy <laughs> situations maybe some christmas, christmas sweaters, sweaters. Maybe yeah, you know we're oh, cooking yeah. a, a a Christmas meal together. You know, I think yeah, I think it's yeah, golden. It's a cash cow. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, so great episode with Will there. And if you if you want to hear some some airing of some grievances, head on over here to that one. What's uh, what's the next one, Mike? This is this is another member of the agenda. Surprise, surprise. Um, but this guy fucking loves being on the show. I can tell he does. Um, oh yeah. But uh, it's Rich De Silva. Now, is this our first episode with Rich De Silva? Because I know we had two. Is this the first one? Uh, I think it is. I think this is the first yeah. one that we did. I mean, there was the one at the hotel where yeah. all the boys yeah, yeah, yeah. were on. But I think this is the the first time we actually just had Rich on uh, on his own, and it was super um, super informative. I think he just went over like a lot of great tips for drummers and what 
what can sort of set you apart um, and just how to be successful in the, in the world of, of being a side uh, person. And uh, here's a clip episode 29 with our boy, Rich De Silva. Give us the Ted talk on, on getting good gigs <laughs> is a mindset. This is, it's the most pretentious episode yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't so, know. Will's Will's is pretty judgy. <laughs> so, um, something I heard a while ago was like, you have to be in the same mindset before you get the good gigs, whatever the good gigs are. Um, you have to do all the, the right things before you get the good gigs. You have to show up on time. You have to be prepared. Your gear has to sound good. You have to shower. Yeah. You, you know, you have to be a good person. Did I already say that? But then people who get, who have those good gigs, they do all those things. You know what I mean? Do you start doing those things once you get the gig? I don't think so. You have to, you have to have, you have to have all that going on first and then get the good gig. Wise man. Some truth there. A little truth drop from, from Rich. I mean, the cool, great advice. He, he talks, you know, about how he practices, which was really cool for me. Cause that's a big Mm -hmm. thing. Like I think most of us practice similar amounts, you know? I think we're past the days of like, oh, I practice 10 hours a day in terms of, you know, trying to one up each other in terms of the the uh, hours in. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, what are you practicing? How are you doing it? And I, if you hear a drummer like Rich, it's like he's doing something right. You know, there are plenty of drummers that do not like the same shtick as Rich, but, you know, do similar things to Rich, but they don't, they don't quite do it as well as him you know yeah um, yeah i know i mean he's a drummer that rarely makes mistakes in terms of playing right yeah and is so easy to work with very musical uh, that's the big thing Musical, great great vibe like that he adds to any sort of situation and you just yeah you just wonder like what are you thinking about like how do yeah. you do that all the time and yeah it's like and we just sort of get into that just how to be a good guy to to work with and how to how to sound your best and, and what to pay attention but he, attention to. Um, he yeah. talks about like running tracks for shows too. And then he talks about like, mm-hmm. you know, what it's like to play in the studio versus playing live and, you know, the ways that you change things. Like if I were a drummer, I'd be all over this shit. I mean, also too, though, if I were, I feel like this is a really player-oriented, you know, episode. Unless you're maybe an artist who's mm-hmm. trying to look into like how to run tracks yourself. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is very, very much geared towards, yeah, uh, yeah, players and 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 drummers alike. Yeah, we have another part um, next. Our next episode. Oh boy, this is like this is some high profile stuff here. We got Eddie Ryder on for episode thirty. Uh, Eddie is the keyboardist and guitarist for sean mendez i don't know if you guys have heard of him or not fella a little canadian boy little known uh, canadian startup artist uh yeah so eddie's uh, spent the last yeah couple years just touring the world playing in one of the biggest bands going uh i guess i mean unfortunately not a whole lot going on right now but that's true of anybody but um, yeah, so so we just got to to chat with Eddie about sort of what that what that gig is like, um, and just sort of his approach to 
working in the industry and, and how he's been able to get to where he's gotten to. Uh, obviously, he's an incredible musician and very, very talented person. But again, it's that same sort of work ethic and attitude and just overall good person yes. sort of stuff that that seems to be uh, the keys to this business, right? And uh, we also get into Eddie's solo album, which is called As Seasons Change Over. If you're into solo piano music, it's beautiful stuff. We talk about the writing and uh, and recording and producing of that record. I mean, in terms of the clip too, the the animation or not the animation, it's all gifts. It's all stupid shit that I put on our Instagram. Um, Eddie and I have this running joke that I believe he had with with other people, but he showed me. It's called the synth axe. Have you ever heard of it, Al? I have not. It's like from the eighties, and it's a promo video where it's like you play. You know, it's a keyboard, but it's a guitar somehow, and the video is just really cheesy. So there's like these dolphins, like he's playing this thing and he's really into it. It's really soothing and 80s and cheesy, but uh, there's like dolphins in it and weird animations and shit. Synthax, it's it's worth checking out. And I told, since, you know, I needed to make a GIF, I was like, yo, is it cool if I do this? I was like afraid <laughs> to make the clip because I'm like, like, I don't, you know, because I don't know. He's got like a big Instagram following and I'm like, I don't want to do something wrong or something. But he's yeah, that's yeah. totally hilarious. So nice syntax. Yeah. Oh, he's always had a great, great sense of humor. Here's a clip, episode thirty with Eddie Ryder. I will say, like, the, there's a lot more than being really good at your instrument. The most important thing I think is appropriateness to the song that you're playing or the artist you're playing for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you. you the style you play in, the lines you add in, the voicings you use, the sounds you use, it needs to fit in the song. It needs to be in the right atmosphere of of what the song is, of what the artist wants to create. And many times, there's a lot of songs where I, I play whole note chords because that's what the song needs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then there's other songs where, yeah, maybe there's like a crazier line or a solo part, but first and foremost you need to you need to enter the world that the artist is creating and support that as best you can that's that's your number one job similar to what rich is saying yep. well I, yeah, I, maybe absolutely. not in the clip but he talked a lot about musicality and like obviously for us musicality as side people like that's a different thing than musicality maybe as an artist you know they're same but mm-hmm. like in the sense of your job is to like as he's saying, like do what needs to be done for the song, fill the gaps that are there and not put like extraneous shit, you know, that makes you, makes you, uh, feel good about yourself in there. Absolutely. It's not about you. It's about the song. Yeah. It's about the artist. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to hear it straight from the teat, uh, someone playing in one of the biggest bands in the world, that's a great one to go check out. Episode 30. And what do we that, got next? In terms of statistics, we look at our our we hosted on oh, Blueberry. Yeah. That one did did a little bit better than the others. It was like triple well, the regular downloads. Of, of course, makes sense. Um, yeah, makes sense. The next one is uh is actually not a side person. It's an artist named Abby J Hall. Um, and so I met her. Was it the first time you guys had met her too, or was she in the last one? It was Magna Hoedown, right? 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember if, if that was the first year. She did it twice. Yeah. And you may have been the first, you may have been in in the band uh, for, for that first year that she was in. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. Because I seem to remember mm-hmm. you guys knew her before. Um, oh, okay. Like very yeah, talented so maybe it was girl. The then. Like in terms of musicality, oh, yeah. um, from an artist's perspective, she really does have it. Like her music, this, this sounds really dumb, is very musical. You know what I mean? You can tell she listens to <laughs> songs. You can tell yeah. that she spends time with her lyrics. Um, and like, uh, she's just got a cool sound and, and vibe to stuff. Like I hate, to be honest, I hate using the word vibe because uh, I feel like I'm full of shit when I say it. But uh, she really I use does. it all the time. I love it. Uh, that's okay. I mean, you're <laughs> less full of shit than I. But um, yeah, I don't know about that. But I'm trying to think, like, we just kind of cover everything. One of the things that I thought was really neat is we covered kind of her process of finding a producer and finding someone mm-hmm. to like work with who works with you and also someone to not it's not just gonna be like yeah this is a paycheck you know that's our big shtick that's like one of the messages of our podcast it's like find yes. people who are gonna take you seriously um, yeah and abby did a great job of finding producers that uh that brought the best out of her sound mm-hmm. and uh yeah her songs sound great she's a hell, hell of a singer and if you want to hear uh, more about Abby and, and hear some of her music. We do play some on episode 31 or just pop on over to Spotify right now. Abby J. Hall. Uh, she just released a new song and I can't remember the really? title of it. Off the Isn't top of she head. opening yeah. for someone impressive in the next while if it's still happening? Yeah, I'm not sure if I can talk about that oh, or not. Oh, okay. Uh, a little bit of buzz I may or may that not we be can't uh, I may, I can't may or may not be involved. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can promote I that like yet. I like that. A little bit of secrecy. Big Big you things coming here, for, for Abby. B- folks, yeah. opening for uh, David... Bo- oh, wait, he's he's dead. I actually genuinely oof. was starting to say that. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> opening for... Don't say someone who's dead. Prince? <laughs> he's also uh, dead. Um, Here's a little clip from episode 31 with Abby J. Hall. Um, Well, I brought them. I finished the song, and then together they, we'd go through it and kind of like tweak... I see, that... like pre-production stuff. Mm. One thing that I thought that was interesting, and like, I, it's cool that you had a bunch of songs to start with, you know, mm. and then it was like, oh, we'll choose the best ones. Because I mean, I don't know, I've never brought a song to radio, so I'm talking my, mm-hmm. out my ass here. But I would imagine, like, if you had, you know, no songs or only one or two songs, and you're like, let do these. It's like, well, cool, but like that. Those songs might not suit the producer, or they might not be good songs. So if you have twenty, the producer can choose the best one for what they're gonna, you know, right. that speaks right. to them. You know, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yet another clip of me right talking on. instead of the person <laughs> we're interviewing, instead of the guest. Uh, Great. Um, so yeah, just another, uh, just talking about the artist-producer relationship and how to get the most out of that, uh, especially when you're getting started. Uh, if you come at them with one song then they'll do it for you, but it might not be, um, you know, your best work, right? Write six and pick the best three or something instead of just coming at it with the very first thing. And one of the things about Abby that's, uh, one of the many things about Abby that's so impressive is how much she writes. Yeah. She's very prolific um, and and just has, I I don't know how many songs she's got, but I know of the, handful of shows i've done with her i bet you 
I bet you we've done 30 plus different original tunes from her. Including opening um, for Bon Jovi this summer? Which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not um, dead, so it's, you know, I can say that's it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, our next episode was uh, a really fun one, actually. This yeah. was with our our uh, friend, uh, guitarist for Jess Moskaluk and uh, some other great act, super talented guy, and and also um, song uh, songwriter and player for the metal band Jade Figurine, uh, Brennan Wall, all the way from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and this one. Uh, was super fun just to sort of chat. Uh, Brent, Brennan's just a, a very fun person to talk to. He's uh, he's an incredibly talented musician, and yeah. he's very understated. Like he, he just always blows me away, and, and but is also just so easy to get along with and chat with, and it never makes you feel like you're lesser than uh, lesser than. Yeah. In fact, just talking to him gets you excited about playing music and and wanting to do it more. So and he uh, was really ready to talk like he was like i want to do another yeah. one of these he like yeah. this is his first podcast so you know and uh w- and, and we also got into some donut talk brennan started a uh, a bit of a donut business over the yeah the covid pandemic thriving so here's a little listen business. yeah that's right thriving yeah here's a little listen in on episode 32 with brennan wall Oh, yeah. And everybody can relate to a donut. It's like not everybody can relate to like some like weird time signature or like, you know, there's like a very like there's like a a section of people that like chicken pickings and you post chicken picking video and like that small section of people like, oh, yeah, I love this. Like, like, like. And then there's the section of people that like the rock, like the dad rock. There's a section of people that like the prog rock Mm -hmm. and the blues. Right. So everybody kind of comes out of their area to like to support that thing you've posted, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. You post a donut. The Venn diagram of all those things. The center is <laughs> says donuts, and and everyone's just like, yeah, no, I'm in on that. I'll have six. So what he's saying is, we shouldn't do shouldn't do music. Yeah, don't do, do music. Just make donuts. Everybody likes. Yeah, I like that advice. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. I feel like um, yeah, <laughs> donut business right now would be really nice for me. That. <laughs> That was such a fun episode to do, and like a yeah. lot of a lot of laughs and just just great conversations. But good so, advice, episode thirty-two too. With, with Brennan. Yeah, about like music directing and band leading, all that all that yeah. shit, you know. Yeah. Um, and he like they run a show obviously on a very high level. Like Jess is a huge artist. Um, mm-hmm. Rich also plays with her, you know, and it's like yeah, Rich is in that band as well. Yeah, it's good to have it's all that connected. That's exactly it. well, it's all the people we have on, somehow. right? Yeah. We haven't really reached you know, too far from, from our friend group, but we're going to do that. That's, mm-hmm. that's on the list. Yeah, of things and we will, do. but, but you know, it's like the, the, the music business is so much that way. Yeah. Everything is connected somehow. Like Brennan. Yeah. But we met Brennan through rich and it's like, okay, this is the next sort of seven degrees uh, of we're taking another. St- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just taking exactly the, the seven. Uh, what is it called? I don't know if I got seven <laughs> steps. It's probably seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Seven degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven That's right. Degrees. Yeah, you're just sort of taking yeah. another step out and just expanding your circle and and getting to know Brennan was uh, was 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 awesome for me over the last you know year or two or whatever and and uh, it was super cool to have him on the show. Uh, what's the next one? 
The next one is Sean Giovanni. And this guy, actually, not super within our circle, just kind of, uh, he's a Nashville, like, record producer, super legit, worked with, like, huge acts. I mean, the thing's just loading now, but I know Meatloaf was in there and Big and Rich was in there. I thought mm-hmm. Meatloaf was awesome because Meatloaf's kind of one of those guys that everybody has, like, a few of his his records lying around, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody's seen... Uh, I would do anything <laughs> Oh, love. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, he's yeah. got his own musical at this point, right? Oh, he has. Fuck yeah, Bad yeah. Out of Hell. So, I there mean, none go. of our guests have worked with people that have their own musicals that we know of. But, um, yeah, no, we. T- he, was, he had some great advice, like really concrete stuff. One of the nice things about him, he's working with, I don't know if it's a life coach um, or a motivational speaker, and they were working on something together. Uh, to put together mm-hmm. sort of a, a system for creatives to to like advance themselves because there are plenty of us that are well capable but we just don't have the get up and go to like get out there and get to the opportunities that can take advantage of our talent talent is i don't want to say it's irrelevant but in terms of success they're like not related you know what i mean <laughs> uh well they mm-hmm. are but like it's it's expected that you have talent and everybody has it you know um so he the clip in particular this was like the one thing where i'm like i gotta do this i haven't done it (laughs) but in a loose sense (laughs) i have uh but he's got a whole thing called the mind map um i think it's the mind map tribe um let me just confirm that because i I was yeah i know you're right in that mind map tribe yeah mindmaptribe.com uh and he's got plenty of cool advice he talks about his life he talks about how getting his first clients uh the name of the studio that he like is his studio he's called the record shop and it's in nashville so very legit guy mm-hmm. yeah, yeah a lot of great career advice and just really cool to talk to somebody who's down there in the in you know in music city doing it full time and and how they got there here's a, a clip from episode 33 with sean giovanni a practice that i started to implement in my in my career years ago that i've now uh is, has been a part of a lot of the talks that i give is creating a prosperity plan. Uh, and uh, it's a fancy way for saying a schedule with goals. Mm. Uh, my, my partner with MindMap uh, is a speaker named Ricky Mendez, and he came up with the term prosperity plan. The basic idea, the starting point, I'll give it to you in a few simple steps. Uh, you, you look at your maybe five long-term goals. What are the things that you want to achieve in the next, next couple years? Then you look at the short-term things that you can do to move towards those goals, and you make a list of those underneath your long-term goals. Uh, you set that aside. Now you grab your calendar. Some people have a written calendar. I use iCal because I have all Apple devices. Um, you know, some people might use uh, like the Google Calendar. You know, whatever you have, however you schedule your appointments. Now you look at your uh, your da- your weekly schedule. And let's say that you're not full-time in the music industry yet. So maybe you got a nine-to-five job or you got a part-time gig. Um, so you, you, that's already on your schedule. You know that you have to do that. Now you're playing some shows on the, on the weekends. Maybe you're playing, maybe you're playing with a couple artists or you're an artist that has some gigs. You have that on your schedule. Um, then you have to determine what are my working hours? And by working hours, I don't mean the time that we're getting paid to work. I mean, the time that we're working on our future. What I determined my working hours to be, um, is, uh, pretty much 6 AM to 10, 10 PM. And uh, I laid out uh, a couple uh, different ways of figuring out how to manage that time. What I realized is that once I put my responsibilities, like the things that I absolutely had to do uh, on my schedule, 
we have so much more time left. Yeah. Yeah, I found it very effective to actually enter in on my Google Calendar. You know, even just on a daily basis, like if I'm just trying to manage a couple of projects that I have going on, it's like, okay, from this time to this time, you know, for for two hours in the morning, I'm going to work on this mix. I'm going to make sure I start at 10 a.m. And like, I think it's going to take me two hours to get this done. So 10 a.m. to noon, I'm working on that. All right, well, then I'm going to get hungry, you know. So I'm going to have to get lunch. Okay, so I'll give myself a half hour to do that. And then I got to jump on this other project from 1.30 to 2.30. And then I've got these other things. And then, like, I'll probably, you know, I got to take the dog out. So I'll probably just take a break around this time. And then, yep. do you know what I mean? And it's like, the, the when you actually do that, it's so much easier to get all your stuff done. Because even just things like lunch, like, I don't think about that in advance. And then you know, whatever time rolls around, I'm like, man, I'm starving. I haven't eaten. And then it's like, okay, now I got, I, 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 I'm interrupting whatever I'm doing. And then I, maybe I like start watching YouTube or something. And then I don't get back to it right away. It's like, if you plan for all these things, uh, ahead of time, it really does make such a huge difference. And that was one of the main points that Sean continued to drive home was like, manage your time Yes, and, you know, set your goals and expectations uh, ahead of you, uh, incrementally of, you know, things you can actually get done and make sure that you're getting them done, uh, every day and always sort of moving forward. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was very well put. I have nothing more to say about that, but, uh, if I needed to listen to an episode of our podcast, it would be episode 33. Uh, it was the most useful for me for sure. Um, mm-hmm. our yeah. next one, yeah, I think it'd be a good one to go back over Yeah, is, is a buddy of ours. Mr. Dave Kerr. Yeah. Uh, I miss this guy. I, I don't really play any gigs with him. So, you know, me and him used to play together in Chris Barclay's band. That's how we got to know each other. Me, him, and Justin. Mm. And I used to just mercilessly bother the shit out of Justin. Like, he was like, like <laughs> I just had this little brother, like, gene in me. And I did it the same with Rich. Whenever me and Rich would play together, I'd constantly be, like, punching him in the shoulder and, like, yeah. you know, just trying to get him fired up. Uh, for some reason, I didn't fire up Dave Kirby. But uh, I have some pretty awesome Dave Kirby stories. Um, I mean, he's kind of the epitome of chill dude. Yes. Right? I don't think anything gets him fired up. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I can't even remember what this clip's about, but I just miss that guy. So, we talked about Dave's guitar course. Oh, yeah. It's called String Theory. Uh, I think it's stringtheorygitar.com or just Google String Theory Guitar. Uh, and what he what he's done here is sort of um, distilled all the major information that he finds himself teaching his students over and over again into an online course with the idea being that um, he could build this into a sustainable business so that down the road he's actually got something that's his. He's not relying yeah. on picking up gigs from other people. Uh, he's trying to build something for himself to uh, to, you know, continue to profit off of over the future yes and what he discovered was this huge world of online marketing and how complicated and difficult it is to actually promote a product online so not only did we chat a bunch about the creation of the lesson program that he's made but also just the world of 
uh, online marketing, which I know very little about and I found super interesting. I, another um, thing so. as well, the advantage of his thing is this is a, a side hustle, my favorite word. Um, yeah. But it's a side hustle that you can do on your own time, right? So if I buy a lesson from you, Al, I have to go to your house and you have to sit there for half an hour and you, you know, get paid to teach me. This course, if it blows up, the transactions are taken care of automatically. If somebody buys it, he doesn't have to do anything except for collect the check. Marketing obviously mm-hmm. is time, but he can do that, you know, in a hotel room while he's on tour. You can't do lessons while you're on tour, you know? So it's very clever. Mm-hmm. Side hustles yeah. for life. That's all I got to say. This is a great idea for, for people who are looking for, yeah, some uh, uh, something to invest their time into now while we've got uh, some downtime during this pandemic. And and or if you're a guitar player looking to up your game, string theory. Uh, I mean, Dave is is one of the most intelligent musicians I've met. Uh, just in terms of his knowledge of how music works yes. and the way that he explains it, because uh, I've had the opportunity to sit down with him a couple times just when we've been on the road or whatever, and just jam a little guitar and and just like, hey man, just like teach me how to play some blues stuff or something and it's just it's just been really enlightening you purchased and, uh, the course would, as well too sir so you you know you can attest i did i have yeah. taken the course absolutely yeah so here's a here's a clip of dave kirby episode 34 you know what you, you know what i kind of find as a side guy like you can't really control like when you have work and when you don't have work especially in Canada, like Canada is a small market. What I think is like anything that you can do to create value in yourself, not related to another person's value, like without having to say, you know, he's the guitarist for this person or whatever, like anything that you can do that sort of liberates you from that type of thing is uh, just making you more valuable to to artists and it's making you more valuable to yourself and it's giving you like a, you know, you, you can kind of weather hard months kind of that way because you, you know, are a little bit in more in control of how you make money. Yes. Gives you like agency to like kind of be like, oh, if I want to make more money this month, I'm just going to really work on the marketing and try to like fine tune things and cut down. Because that's yeah. it. <laughs> well said. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, as we put it. Now we're just knocking it, knocking these out of the park, man. Fuck yeah. Um, episode 35. Mr. Kevin Dietz oh, yeah. came on the show. Kevin's a, a recording engineer that uh, I've had the the uh, opportunity to, to work with an, uh, I don't, a bunch of times now. We've been kind of working together on projects for a few years now. Um, and and Kevin's actually uh, a, a Juno winner. Uh, I think yeah. just after this podcast went down, he won a Juno for uh, the Glorious Sun's latest record. I actually bet him. And, uh, I bet I bet him my Serb payment, and he bet his Serb payment that he was going to win. So somebody owes us four thousand dollars. So you have to pay him a, a, a Serb payment. I didn't bet against him. I bet for him. We both bet for him. Oh, so okay. whoever we bet with, which is no one, owes us four thousand dollars. Well, did you get your Serb check that month? I did. I did the government? Then it was it was two thousand dollars short. So yeah, right. Yeah, they owe you double. I see Those what you're fucks. saying. Um, so yeah, he's I mean, actually a recording super, engineer, super talented recording yeah. engineer. He works at, at some of the biggest studios in the city here in Toronto. Um, knows how all the gear works, 
knows what needs to be done to make things sound good, and most importantly, just is a great person to work yes. with and keeps everybody uh, everybody relaxed, everybody feeling good, everybody feeling like they know what they're doing, and session, sessions just go so smoothly, and the sounds are so good. So uh, we chat with Kevin just about his approach to the music industry, his approach to being a recording engineer, what training he's had, working with the Glorious Sons, and uh, on that record that that did uh, win him a Juno. Uh, it was a really great episode. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, Kevin's just such an awesome guy. So uh, hopefully, uh, it'll be useful to a lot of people out there, even people who are just sort of doing the doing the the engineering from home kind of deal, which, um, you know, a lot of people probably are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's a little clip of Kevin Dietz, episode 35. Fred was, was so on top of everything as far as pre-production, just his level of organization. I think he, he really knew how to get a lot from a relatively small amount of time. I, I just credit that to his organization. Mm-hmm. And I like being really organized. I really don't like disorganized studio sessions especially if it's if it's big or multiple days or things all of a sudden time feels like it just slows down whereas you know a 12 hour day goes by like that if things are organized and 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 the workflow is good yeah and it's not it's like it's a total drag and this was the former it was it was so organized and just and always very musical there was definitely room left for spontaneity but there was also a good amount of uh parts mapped out so that when it came time to actually record them there was at least a very solid roadmap right on so just talking about working with uh, fred the producer for the glorious sons record and just what their approach was like and and what kevin's sort of position was and what his role was in the making of that record and how he uh fit fit into that and well so the funny thing how he enjoyed the process is like um with with the term recording engineer feel like that's a term that gets thrown around now he was saying oh technically i think in order to be a recording engineer you might have to be an engineer but kevin is literally if he's not technically a recording engineer he's the closest thing to it that i've met you know what i mean like he mm-hmm. like he really that's what he does a full for full time you know sometimes he's an assistant well before he was an assistant and he'd literally just be the guy like oh what mic do you think should go here um or like you know the guy working the console and stuff like that uh, and like now he, he does that, you know, for his own stuff where it's like, he's the guy that you call, um, like for the agenda, you know, like you all have mm-hmm. the capability, like to put an SM57 in front of, a uh, a speaker and you know, you know how to place mics, but that is what he does. That's his specialty, you know, which is amazing. Oh yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh. And he came up the traditional way, like you said. He started yes. working at studios and, and came up from the bottom and did it the old school way. Now so he learned from some of the greats. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Started from the bottom now. The, now the funny we thing, we, uh, now we're here. Uh, 36 is Matt Boyer. The other side of, of uh, sound engineering is live sound guy. I think he, the, mm-hmm. the term, preferred term, is live sound technician. Uh, yes. So... Uh, the funny thing is this clip makes it sound like he's a grumpy sound tech, but we actually like, yeah. had to pry this out of him, you know? Yeah. Super chill the whole time talking about stuff. 
And he seems like a really nice dude, but I'm like, you got to have some fucking hate in your heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're a sound guy. It's in there. Let it out. And and this Matt, is what happened. Yeah, Matt's one of the most bubbly, sort of just easygoing, everything's always under control, smile on his face, uh, sound technician, live yeah. live sound guy I've, I've ever worked with. I had the pleasure of touring with him uh, twice. And uh, I miss you, Matt. I hope we can get on the road together again soon. Here's a clip of Matt Boyer, episode 36. So, okay, that stuff, the stuff that, like, makes my back warm and, like, make me go, like, <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. let's go, guys. You know, like, that kind of stuff is uh, showing up late. You know, it's simple things. It's, like, it's a lot of, yeah. like, interpersonal stuff. Like, show up on time and have all the gear that you need. Uh, I had people ask me for a strap for the guitar and then give me attitude when I didn't have one. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like you don't have an extra strap. Like, what do you fucking mean I don't have an extra strap? Like, how did you... How do you practice? Like, what do you, like, you didn't think that you would stand today? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Show up with all your gear, make sure that it works. Um, a lot of times pedal boards will die and that's kind of the nature of the game with pedal boards sometimes. Just having a, a solid grasp of your gear is, is huge. And, and I mean, it sounds simple, but it like, it really isn't like so many people will, yeah. they'll try out a piece of gear for the first time on a show. When you're setting up on stage, just like being aware, like pay attention to where you put your case. You know, like your guitar case and your amp sleeve, like, don't just fucking put it in the middle of a wide open space, like, tuck it against the wall. Or the case open kills me too. The case open in the middle of the stage, I'm like, why the fuck, like, like, I'm going to step over this thing, like, just get rid of it. This is why sound guys become grumpy. It's this stuff. 20 years of this shit, yeah. You're killing these people, guys. Oh, okay, one thing that kills me is when people go up to a microphone and they go... Then they smack it like, oh my God, do not smack the microphone. Yeah, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts when people are just playing. I think I heard you and Rich talk about this, uh, like noodlers on stage, you know, like um, also like treating soundtrack like a rehearsal, I think is the bigger thing. Um, Yes. Soundtrack is not a rehearsal. And if you're coming in thinking like, okay, we're going to run these five songs, like. Yeah. 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 Some valid grievances there for uh from our friend matt well, yeah that's a great episode just just talking about it, sort of how that side of the business works and also how uh we as musicians can do a better job to yes work, uh better with you know our, our friends on the other side of the stage and just to sort of <laughs> make everybody's life easier you know it's that's like what do we gotta do refer to the yeah. Our friends on the other side. Of the side. <laughs> was that was that disrespectful? Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. It's not disrespectful. Yeah. I thought it was just yeah. it was a nice expression, nice way of saying it. Uh, episode thirty-seven. Uh, we had our friend Devin Potter on, and Devin is the CEO uh, manager of Stereo Flavor, who we've mentioned numerous times on this episode. Uh, or sorry, last episode because we had a couple stereo flavor episodes. They're a wedding band in the Toronto area. Uh, if you don't know anything about them, they're one of the best uh, yes. wedding bands going. Stereoflavor.ca. Uh, and if you're a musician, uh, you know we've all had just the nothing but the best experiences playing in part of this band. So we wanted to chat with Devin about how they run such a tight ship, and uh, also Without a little bit about shitty. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they run a tight ship, but it's not like it's not like tight unnecessarily. 
you know? It's tight in no. all the right places. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds, I'm not gonna say it's like that. a nice uh yeah. A nice t shirt. Yeah. There you go. Um so we talk with Devin about that and also a little bit about her own podcast, which she launched shortly uh-huh. after uh, being a guest of ours. It's called The Big Moves Podcast. If you, anybody wants to check that out, uh, it's a, gr- a very cool podcast about, uh, uh, well, big moves, uh, travel decisions that people have made in their life where they've relocated uh, for several years or, you know, for, you know, the foreseeable future or what have you. So if you're interested in travel, uh, there's some great stories on that podcast. Big Moves Podcast. Here's the clip from episode 37 with Devin Potter. As I did with your event, Al, we get into just templates. We just like to have sheets that are that work for us. We've kind of, you know, tried and tested. We've used them on a lot of different events. Probably saves mental energy to have those templates, too, to just be like, this is the information I need. Yeah, exactly. And that way it keeps track because, I mean, we have had, you know, upwards of 60 events in a year. Again, not 2020, but some year it'll happen yeah. again. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. all about systems. That's always what I've thought organization in general, and a lot of musicians are afraid of it and afraid of spreadsheets and don't want to think about that stuff. But if you spend a couple hours some year making yourself a template that you can then use every year for taxes, for whatever it might end up being, yes. your life is just way more simple. So Yeah, and one of the systems yeah. that you, you guys employ is the uh, the the living document, the Google Docs, the Google Calendar, yes. Yes, where Google Docs, everybody's yeah. sharing that one document, and therefore you don't have a 200 email chain every time. Totally. You yes. know, well, oh, can we do that at 2:15 instead of two? It's like, you know, th- that's something that somebody can maybe just comment on the document, and then you can change it, and you can totally go, you know, go back and forth. So then everybody's on literally on the same page. So that, I mean, that's like yeah. a great, the living document, the living document. Oh my God. That is like the essential coordination tool. Google drive living document. Just have yeah. one, share everybody on it. And then you don't have to fucking do that stupid email thread. You know, I can't wait for the world where like emails are m- like much less than they are now much yes. fewer emails uh and all money transfers are done by email transfer and auto deposit i need to set up my auto, auto deposit, deposit. Ah, just let's get rid of checks let's get rid of yeah. wire transfers yeah, yeah. get rid of all that garbage let's just get rid of people let's just have computers and signals emts you know? and then instead of email emails living documents there you go there you go uh why don't you talk about this next episode, episode i love this man and I'm very, I'm very sad that he doesn't live here anymore. Um, yeah, I'm very happy for him, but I'm very sad. Uh, Josh Cohen lives in America now because he's a trader. Um, but uh, he's an awesome, like you've never met a bassist like Josh Cohen. Uh, the way that he sort of does his thing, he obviously can do the the bass player thing very, very, very well. But he does sort of almost like a piano approach to bass, very unique two-hand tapping and slapping and you know it's just a good time uh but we talk with him but we talk about you know a lot of things he he had a lot of cool like just insights into the physicality of getting good at your instrument one of the things Mm -hmm. he mentions in the episode is that like so say for instance if you've got you know you're saying i don't know why i'm holding a band-aid 
Um, don't judge me, <laughs> but uh, you uh, you know you want to get your finger nice and close to that string, and a lot of people work at that, but they're working on something called isolation. So only this finger moves, and not my wrist mm-hmm. moves in compensation, or my arm. And that's actually bad for you. That actually causes injuries. And he's read these things mm-hmm. in books, kids. He's not just pulling yeah. it out of his ass like us. That um, was a good uh, lesson to learn from Josh. Yeah, Josh yeah. has made a career out of being like a solo bassist. Yes. He's a solo instrumentalist. He's got a couple records out uh, right now. Freedom is the most recent one, which I have a signed copy of right here on my desk. Oh, what? Uh, yeah. And, uh, you and yeah, so friends? he plays... I, I sure do, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Josh uh, plays, uh, you know, everything with just a single instrument, and sometimes it sounds like there's a few different instruments play- being played at the same time. Um, does all his own arrangements, and was uh, literally just busking for a living for a, yep. for quite a while. So a good. Uh, he's got a lot of interesting stories, and his approach to music is super unique and awesome and he's just generally uh generally a great guy and, and fun to be around and, and chat with so here's a little clip from episode 38 with josh cohen you know you could say talent i know you guys had a had an episode and you're trying to discuss is does genius exist or yeah, does yeah. talent exist yeah. it does um, josh cohen <laughs> <laughs> yeah here's an example uh, right here yeah well the thing is is like i think there's always a brute force way to get you there i mean at, at least, you know, if if you are of reasonable, like average intelligence, you know, all your mental faculties are working, you know, normally, I think even for these things that you might feel like you don't have a knack at doing, there's always like some analytical brute force getting in the weeds way of getting you there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you, you know, your skill set will be, unre- you know, indistinguishable from someone that maybe got there naturally. So I think plenty of players that maybe haven't taken that approach to something like rhythm. And, but I think, you know, even someone that struggles with it, uh, I think there's always that way of just saying, okay, so you got this complex, you know, two bar thing or whatever. Um, yeah. So we, we have the old genius versus, um, hard work kind of discussion with Josh. And yeah, we did do like some good discussions about teaching too and just approaches to, to how we work with our students and, and what's the best. Uh, well, there is no best approach, but what are the different approaches that we can be using and what's been working yeah. for us? So really good episode with Josh. What's this next um, one? Our, this is the next one is like the most serious episode we've done. Yeah, our next episode um, with uh, with our our friend uh, Arjuna RJ Sachathanandan. Uh, this was like an episode I'm really proud of. Um, yeah, you know, and and I think it was like really important for even just selfishly, like for me to for me to be a part of this. You know, uh, not even really be a part of the conversation, but just to like have some of this stuff um, explained to me. Yeah, in, in which sounds kind of. I don't know, silly or maybe, but I, I think it was a super important discussion to have. Um, and the title of the episode is uh, hashtag This Is Art School, which is a movement that's uh, taking a look at our post-secondary institutions and what they are or are not doing to sort of help uh, people from um, marginalized communities or lesser privileged communities and what is their stance 
on uh, not not what is their stance, but what is their actual sort of approach and actions yeah. being and what are their actions being in terms of uh, discussions of racism, which has, has been, um, you know, really brought into the forefront over the last handful of months. So uh, RJ's uh, great musician, great, uh, great guy, great player uh, and, and just uh, awesome dude to be around, but also has spent a lot of time and energy uh, really spearheading this movement yeah. and, uh, and calling, uh, calling out uh, our institutions uh, and, t- you know, telling them they, they need to be doing better in these areas. So here's a clip from uh, our episode with RJ, episode 39. Yeah, and I think it's just more like redefining what you see as your role and as what success is. And I think, I think that's like the the thing that I think will ultimately allow this thing to succeed is I think even the people who are more entrenched, when they really reflect on it, they're going to see that they're on this kind of island and the water is kind of getting higher. And and I don't know, like, I just it just seems sad that they'd want to hold on to it, you know? I yeah. think for us as younger musicians, we're, like, so used to the idea of loss, right? Like, we've never held on to a gig for very long. Like, our permanent mindset is, like, is this gig going to be here next week? Is this revenue mm-hmm. stream going to be here next week? We're so used to things coming and going. Whereas I think for those guys, like, they've been there for so long and their little kind of castle or whatever has been so secure that I think it's going to be harder for them to let go of it or to accept that it needs to be changed. So just, I mean, so much good stuff um, in that podcast. I would uh, highly encourage everybody to check that out and go follow the, uh, the hashtag. This is art school on Facebook. Uh, They have an Instagram account as well. And uh, if you're looking for ways to just get more educated on the issues at play here, that's a great spot to go. And if you actually want to support the movement yourself, um, that would be an excellent thing to do. And those would be good places to go to do that. Um, yeah. Next episode, number 40, uh, a, a little one. bit of a lighter, a little bit of a lighter topic here. Uh, we brought on, uh, our, our friend, Mr. Tom Moffat, um, who's, uh, a great trumpet player. Great musician, plays in uh, some high-level shows with yeah. bands like Arkells, uh, Bedouin Soundclash. Uh, also does his own sort of solo, solo projects, uh, usually involving uh, free jazz and stuff like that. Uh, and since the pandemic hit, uh, Tom's found himself <laughs> streaming a bunch on <laughs> Twitch and actually sort of making a, a, a pretty good go of it um, in terms of viewership and subscriptions and and i think he's now hoping to transition to at least you know making that a a, a sizable source of, of his income uh, so that he can just take the gigs he wants to take uh, and and do this on the side so another sort of quote-unquote side hustle podcast just talking about how to get into streaming if that's yeah. something that interests folks this clip is nothing and, about that though this clip is just literally like his review with- of cats and then, yeah, there, there was just a lot of general joking around. Uh, so this is Tom talking about uh, the movie Cats and how awful it was and a review that he posted of it. Uh, I still haven't seen this movie. I don't expect I ever will. Here's a clip of Tom Moffat on episode number 40. 
So I went to like a 2 p.m. screening of Cats by myself. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I I wrote a a review of it that went like not viral, but like picked up some like it got like shared around like a couple hundred times. And like, yeah, I got like enough Reddit gold to last me a lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) And what was your what was your take on the film? I mean, it's not a take that that nobody else has had. It's just a, a profoundly horny film. Like, it's just super randy stuff. Like, these cats, and they, they've CGI'd away their, their genitals and buttholes. But <laughs> Did you know that they had buttholes originally? Yeah, it's like, it's more randy without the butthole there. Because the implied butthole is more graphic than any actual cat butthole could possibly be. There were a lot of laughs in that episode, as I yeah. recall. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one to do, so. Yeah, I, what's this? Do you know what his Twitch name is? Is it Con- Contra? Or? Yeah, it's Contra with, with four A's. Uh, so Contra. if you want to follow Tom on Twitch, if you like, yeah, if you like uh, retro gaming, uh, that's what Tom's all about. And uh, the stream's super fun. I, I love to check into it and just see what he's up to and, and just listen to his commentary on, you know, whatever game he's playing, good or bad. He'll play some some rough ones sometimes that people will suggest. Yep. And, and it's it's fun. It's always fun to watch. He, he so, has my favorite uh, term for, like, before COVID. He calls it, in the episode, he calls it the before times. The before times. That's good. In the before yep. times. In the before times. That's funny. Um, <sighs> what a guy. What a, what a, what a guy. Uh, why don't you talk about this next one? Uh, this next one is really fun. And this is a guy, literally, I kept forgetting to be like, we need to have you on the podcast. He loves podcasts. Uh, and he's just like, a he, he always has cool shit to talk about. Him and Will are always saying they're going to do a podcast and they need to uh, because they yeah. have great banter. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's Aaron Spink and he talks about, you know, keeping fit cause he's a fit man, takes care of himself. Uh, and his lady is a personal trainer as well. So they, they, mm-hmm. they take care of themselves. Uh, uh, and just, he does a lot of education with Yamaha. Um, and so he's, they have a really cool approach to how they teach people. Uh, and you, you guys talk about the Leafs a little bit too, and it, it went right over my head and. Oh, yeah. I always will. Always getting into uh, the sports talk when possible. Here's a clip from episode 41 featuring Aaron Spink. Kind of going to going to school and having a lot of these different, like this exposure to stuff I would have never have gotten. I started kind of falling in love with music on a whole different level than just like getting a gig, which is probably why I don't feel like I have like a main gig to this day because I'm, I have so much enjoyment getting called versatility so many different things and Mm -hmm. i alluded to this before we started about it it's kind of like being the uh the journeyman goal goalie uh in the nhl (laughs) where it's like he's just playing backup with like a different team every year but he becomes an integral part to that team and he sort of bounces around or even better it's kind of like whenever you watch you're you're watching movies and tv shows and you always see this one actor pop yes. up you can't you can't Character put a name together. you're just like oh it's that guy called? oh it's that guy yeah. i feel like i'm i've become that yep. guy yeah and it's all come out of a love for every opportunity to play different types of music that have come up so same with yeah that is the yeah. role so, he fills you know he plays yeah. everything and does it well super versatile role. um and just again great guy to be around fun to play music with uh, and, and yeah, great educator has really made a great career out of 
the teaching side of things. So that's a great podcast to check out if uh, episode I say to check out if you're especially if you're interested in um, in sort of upping your teaching game if that's yes. your revenue stream of choice. Uh, our next episode, we only got a handful more to go through here. Uh, episode number forty two, we had our our friend Kyle Homan on the show, and. Kyle's a uh, a great guitarist, singer, songwriter who's uh, spent a lot of time in the wedding scene, but recently sort of rediscovered his love for just playing punk rock and started a band called The Crease Rule, which is a, a hockey um, sort of, not pun, but reference, I guess you could say. Mm. And uh, yeah, his band sounds great. I mean, it's music that sounds like the stuff that I was listening to in high school. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the sound. Um, he sings great and, and yeah, everything was just recorded super well. So we talked about the production of the record, just what made him want to start this band. You know, not a lot of us are starting thinking about starting, you know, a new rock band at, you know, age 32 or whatever. Right. But it's just like just finding that love for music again and, and, and wanting to have that, that, that project that really fulfills you. It was a really great episode. And uh, we play a bit of his music as well. So if you want to check out The Crease Rule, look up The Crease Rule on Google or Instagram or wherever else. Here's a clip from episode 42 with Kyle Homan. And this is a conversation that you and I had actually a couple of years ago when you were sort of chatting about wanting to get this project going. And and you alluded to this earlier, actually. You were saying, you know, you just got your songs in your head and maybe you're making demos. You're not showing them to anybody. Um, and... and and f- what I feel is once you start sharing the music, it beca- that's when it becomes real, right? That's when, like, people, uh, y- you know, if you're playing it with a band or if you've, you know, shared it with a few people or if you've released it on Spotify or what have you, it's like, okay, now these songs are real. Now it's going to affect your career in ways that you didn't expect. Like, how many artists have you heard of that put a song out or, like, the song barely made the record and they were like... Yeah, we don't even think this is good, and then it becomes a number one. That story is and all the time all over the place, always. You know, and so yeah. these songs are more than just what you uh, think they are, or what you created once. There you go. That's uh, just one of those clips I kind of almost wanted to force to be something, and it pretty much was saying, like, it was pretty much saying, like, something that you said a lot is just get it out there, like, talk to mm-hmm. someone mention it to someone it's like one of our messages as a podcast you know like yeah just get yeah. your stuff out there or else it's never going to do anything be proactive yeah yeah i think uh i think you want to you know you don't want to rush things but i think at least for me i'm much more likely to put things off too long than to do what's necessary to move things forward especially when it comes to my own uh music that I'm writing and trying to make. And I think that's true for a lot of us who are sort of making a go of it, playing for other people or playing yep. jobbing gigs. So that stuff is always going to take a front seat over your own music. And you really have to make it a priority to get others involved and yes. get those wheels turning. But also too, I mean, so even if it's not even making your own album, anything, like if you guys want to be the next agenda, you got to tell one of your buddies, Hey, let's take down the fucking agenda. You know, <laughs> let's, let's get this, you know, let's play with this artist and we're going to try to infect it with all the boys eventually, you know, and like this guy's going to be our bass player, you know, like 
Or like, say, for instance, if you want to be, you know, an artist as well and you have no experience doing it, you know, all you have to do is tell someone, yeah, I think I'm going to write a song. And, you know, like that starts something. That's something that you've said in other episodes. And it's it's so true. Uh, And I've been trying to implement it because I'm I'm one to to do a lot of things with myself uh, that came out very sexual. Uh, (laughs) um, I wonder healthy. How do I phrase that in a way that doesn't sound normal part of young life? That's exactly it's a normal part of everyday life uh, but uh yeah i'm one to sort of spend a lot of time working on stuff myself and then never do anything with it but if you have something like al with you and you know al will be like oh we got to do that podcast or you know vice versa i'll be like oh we're doing the podcast at this time you know we keep each other accountable teamwork yes makes the dream teamwork work. uh let's jump to episode 43 which is uh Another Q&A episode, we just accept questions from our listeners and uh, answer them, and it's super fun. Here's what we got up to in episode 43. So another question from our friend Rich, how do you balance taking work that you're passionate about with work that you need because it pays the bills? The bills. Those bills, baby. I mean, Serb's been paying my bills lately, so I can take all the passion gigs I want. (laughs) How do I balance, for example, taking gigs for my own original music that pay no money versus, you know, taking a wedding gig to to pay the rent? It's it's a bit of a balancing act. You got to be smart with your money. You've got to save. You've got to be prepared for. Yeah. um, Like if you're the person who's living like month to month, you barely have enough money to cover your rent. You don't have the option where if like a festival wants to take you on as a original artist, but you had a wedding gig that night that paid 400, you can't take that festival gig because you need that money too bad. Whereas if you, yeah, Yeah. old man Al just telling you to save your money. Great advice though. It's it's something Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think about. It's like, oh, how do I make time for my own shit? I have no time. And it's like, well, you would have more time if you weren't wasting your time in the form of buying things you know they say like <laughs> like uh time is money but money is time as well you know so yeah. that fucking ps5 that you're gonna buy is like yeah. that's gonna set you back x amount of hours that that could be used to supplement you know those those and proper x amount things. of dollars yeah. yeah yeah fuck that shit um so this next one episode 44 uh, we did a little revisit of the 10-step mix, which is a video series that we made um, early on. I think it was episode 10 yeah. of the podcast. And just sort of talked a little bit about the updates I've made to my, my mixing templates and sort of how the mix process has been working for me lately. And here's a little clip. If you're interested in mixing audio, yeah, 25, I will get it right this time. If, if, uh, if you're interested in learning how to mix uh, music on a DAW like Pro Tools or Logic or what have you. Um, this episode and the others dedicated to mixing are your go-tos. Here it is, number 44, uh, mixing a song from start to finish. At that point, it was like, I made a video series of 10 videos to sort of show the mixing process of a song, sort of the way I was doing it, and break it down into 10 steps that were sort of easy to follow and give like a good workflow yeah. to it's like this these are like the steps that it 
you know, you're doing them in a particular order, but these are the steps that are taken to mix a song. So it's like it applies um, so, to not just mixers or people who want to mix, but like people who want to understand better what's going on, what they're paying for. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it as well, too. It's like, yeah, here's what goes on and and how uh, how much is involved, but also how you can organize um, the process in a way just to make it a little bit more uh, feasible because if you just start if you just open up a session you just start moving faders around and slapping plugins on things you can get lost real fast oh it's inconsistent and, uh, too is it yeah have a system just like devin said have a system have a system i've got one maybe it'll, maybe it'll help bad. you I'm keeping you i know i gotta go in a bit but yeah all right so uh episode 45 we speed went run. through yeah speed run we went through uh, some common "quote unquote" traps for musicians, so stuff to look out for if you're uh, trying to get started in the industry, or even if you've been working for a while. It's like here are some of the things that we've messed up and that you'll probably run into, and try to avoid them if you can. Here's a little clip from episode 45: musician traps. Well, yeah, I remember my teacher and uh, one of my teachers at Humber College was like sell out like where do i sign like how, yeah. do I, how do i do that you know because i think he was responding to like somebody ac- being accusatory of you know him or another songwriter like oh you're a sellout because you did this it's like like i'll sell out anytime anywhere like let me know yeah. how to do it because it's not a real thing that you can really do right if you could sell out everyone would do it and it would work out for everyone <laughs> you know what i mean like yes. the people who actually do the things that you're trying to like, I'm not a big bro country guy, but like Florida Georgia Line, like that's at a high level. You know, you can't just decide to do that. But you see people trying to incorporate that sort of idea into their music and thinking that success is going to come to them because of it. It's very obvious when it's forced, right? Yeah. We're very People are very good at deciding what's genuine and what's not genuine. So that particular trap was just sort of thinking that, oh, I'll just make, I'll just sell out. I'll just make pop music. It'll be easy. Yeah. Like, think again. Fuck no, it won't. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you talk about this next episode? Uh, Episode 46. Episode 46 was heavier than I thought it was going to be. But I mean, it's not super heavy, but you know, it's, it's a, for me, it's a lighthearted thing. Uh, We were talking about mental health and all that stuff. And I just think it's, Mm -hmm. it should be, everybody says this, but it's true. It should just be more matter of fact. You know, uh, I can't even remember what this clip was, but just, you know, mental health is something that everyone is going to have troubles with at some point in their life, like in some form or another, you know, whether it's like intrusive thoughts. So just having a thought that you, I I was thinking about this, this is one thing that therapy cleared up for me. Uh, If you have a thought that you, it doesn't make sense to you. Have you ever been on a subway platform and thought, oh, I technically could just push someone. You ever thought that? Uh, I've thought about jumping. <laughs> sure, sure, right? That's called an intrusive that thought. So when, like, when, man, if I just walked into, I I would die if I walked in front yes. of this uh, car. Yeah, and, and so that's called an intrusive thought. Um, and mm-hmm. it's like I didn't know those existed. And if we all just discussed these things openly instead of being like, "Well, mm-hmm. fucked," I shouldn't mention anything about it. Be a lot better world for everybody. But uh, it, mm. yeah, so I this clip, I haven't I don't even know, heard that, that term before. I should look that's that exactly up. That's exactly it, yeah. My therapist told me about that. Uh, and she was mm. like, yeah, that's totally normal. And you can have really whack intrusive, th- intrusive thoughts. Huh. Um, I don't know what it, what it branches under, but it's, uh, it's 
It's a pretty interesting idea. It's like apparently like two thirds of everybody has them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, here's an episode, uh, a clip from episode 46 on mental health. When I was 18, I was pretty bummed out. Uh, and it was, once again, kind of just, I, I think I was just like working too hard and like not, like, it sounds like a brag, but like, I, I feel like I was just pushing myself too hard, maybe not taking good care of myself. Uh, and I mm. went to my doctor and part of his advice then helped me through this later thing. But uh, I was depressed. I didn't feel good. Um, and I went to him and just to talk about it. And he's like, I could put you on medication. Um, and that works. And the medication does work. And for me, it has worked like it's night and day. Um, mm. But uh, he's like, let's try unless you're like really fucked up right now. I didn't say fucked up, but uh, let's try you getting proper sleep because I wasn't. Um, so getting the right amount of sleep, you know, you and I were talking about like, oh, don't watch TV before bed, even though I do. He's like, you know, don't watch TV before bed, maybe read a book before bed, uh, making sure to get proper social, you know, stuff going on. So actually seeing people because I can be a bit of a hermit, mm-hmm. um, eating properly and eating enough, you know, like uh, eating mm-hmm. too little and then exercise, which I wasn't doing as well. Um, mm-hmm. I was eating well. Uh, I wasn't sleeping well. My social life was a mess and uh, I wasn't exercising. And he said, usually those four things uh, are just like, they work just as often as the antidepressants do. Yeah, there you go. So just really good, like, um, like bare bones kind of advice about, yeah, uh, you know, just how to take care of yourself, even outside of any like specific sort of diagnosis or anything like that. And yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. such a good place to start. Um, yes and, and then go from there yeah uh episode 47 all right so this was uh with uh, our dear friend tom hanley who helped produce my ep that i've been releasing songs off of tom's a songwriter uh great guitarist great guitarist great singer and uh we just talked to him for a while just about the the creative process uh doing some songwriting retreats and just how he's sort of been managing his career uh, as a solo artist and and making that a priority uh, in his everyday life. Here's a clip from episode 47 with Tom Hanley. Here it is. We did have a show. Uh, I was there be- too. Sort of before the, yeah. the, the lockdown. That's true. Yeah, we were all there. Yeah, yeah that was like Hell almost a, a year ago now. <laughs> I don't know. As you know, Al and, and Mike, it's like setting deadlines, especially like, you know, being an artist, it's really tough to you're your own boss, right? So you like put stuff out unless you're like signed to a label and they're pushing you to get something out. It's like you have to set yourself up to 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 finish something, right? So if you book yeah. a date a couple of months in advance, it's like this is booked. My musicians are booked and I have to finish this by this point. So like that was a really good uh good deadline to just like get the live show off the ground and get a bunch of demos finished and just have like Songs that are sort of seventy five percent done, just like that's it, right on. So yeah, just talking with Tom about time management. It's the same old stuff, man. Yeah, it seems are, to be the message are, is the are same. Are we getting boring? Are we just saying the same stuff every week? I think we are. Think <laughs> Katie we are. says we are. Yeah, we're yeah. getting boring. Yeah. She says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, man, it's the same old stuff. It manage your time, um, set reasonable goals, reasonable expectations, and just put the work in, man. And that's and Tom's a great example of that. So. Um, if you're, 
if you're an aspiring songwriter or you are a songwriter, uh, or if you're interested in that process or just looking for a little bit of inspiration, uh, 47 is a great place to go with our voice. 48 Hanley. is a great place to what go we got if you're looking to record some shit. <laughs> we got uh, six tips for the studio, episode 48. Um, and these are just sort of uh, things we just threw together. Um, I was entering a couple of sessions and just sort of thinking about what uh, I needed to do to prepare for them and just decided like, man, you know, there's some cool stuff that I think we've both learned over the years in terms of recording and just how to, um, you know, make the whole process a little bit easier and things that you need to pay attention to in the studio that you may not have to uh, in a normal live setting or just as you're practicing, just things that come up uh, just to make your recording sound that much better. And this is mostly from like the perspective of somebody who's playing an instrument or yeah. singing, like when you're in the studio recording uh, or being recorded, uh, here are some tips to sort of make the end product a little bit better. Here's a clip from 48, six tips for the studio. Here it is. And that's the expectation too, is like, you're going to be efficient at the studio, but you're not finishing the record at the studio. You're sure. going to use the studio to get the drums, to get the acoustics, um, and you know, the other instruments, bass and guitar and stuff, it, it might as well get them because we're there anyways. And they, Which it all so contributes smart. to the vibe, right? Yes. Uh, and the, and we're building that arrangement and, and making sure everything's jiving. So I've never heard of does anybody that. doing that too, where they get the, well, not that I've never heard of it. I'd never known, you know, like I, I hadn't had a lot mm. of experience with that sort of thing. But when I heard that you guys do that, you get the dr drum takes, but you're all there. So you might as well get the other instruments as well. Um, mm. that's a really clever way to sort of save some, some money and time. Yeah. And like the, the what you get back, you know, we're playing together. So yeah. you don't have that disjointed as much of that disjointed feeling of like each instrument was laid down individually. Um, sure, yeah, like yeah. there's a groove happening. Like you don't band. need to snap everything to the grid because. Mm -hmm. Talking about the agenda, agenda method of, agenda method, of, yeah. uh, of laying things down, you know, how you guys squeeze it a little bit. A little bit extra product out of your, I, not even scratch tracks, but like drum tracks. It's very cool. Very good episode. I learned a bunch of shit from it. It's the kind of shit that it's like, people are like, oh, I just need to buy better mics. And it's like, no, 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 you just need to learn how to fucking play better, record better, all that shit. Mm -hmm. You know? It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 never the gear's fault if your session yeah. isn't going well. Sometimes it is, but but no, <laughs> it's it's, you know, there's just so many ways to streamline the process and just to... Just to even how you attack your instrument, how yep. hard you're strumming, how hard you're hitting a drum. Um, this is all stuff that we touch on in this episode. I think it was super interesting and, and hopefully helpful for some people out there. We got one more to look at here. This is episode 49, uh, completing the first, uh, you 50. know, our first 49. And then, I mean, our 50th being the, the episode preceding this one. Uh, this one was actually really cool. I'm so glad that we finally did this. Yes. I feel like this was kind of a... I don't know. In retrospect, it was a no brainer, but we never thought to do it or we didn't, yeah. uh, we didn't, maybe we didn't feel comfortable enough, uh, on the mics to actually do it. But this one, we, um, uh, utilized a song by our friend and great artist, uh, Alessia Cole, her single called all good. Produced she by? went through it and, and, and uh, well, you know, uh, the agenda <laughs> did produce it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, we went through it, um, section by section and broke down our process for 
uh, learning the song by ear and then how we would go about charting it out. There's a, a companion chart to go along with the episode. Uh, if you just have a look in the show notes on the website and, uh, yeah, I'm hoping this is, uh, been useful for people just in sort of like demystifying the like even the Nashville number system like what do people mean when they say one four and five yes. and just like how do you figure out what chords are in songs and it's I mean it's not something you can comprehensively cover in a single podcast episode but uh, hopefully we were able to shed some light on how that process works and uh, and and you know maybe uh, our systems for doing it will help people do it faster who do have yes. some experience but also uh, too I mean it gives people maybe the courage to check it out. Maybe people think it's more complicated than it actually is. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. We, we tried to break it down. I mean, it's one of those things that's very hard to teach ear training, but yes. uh, we tried to break it down as, as uh, to as basic as we could. And here's a clip from episode 49. It's called learning songs quickly. Here it is. You can uh, use this. For instance, if I tell you um, one, five, Four, three, two, eight, five. Can you recite that to me like five minutes from now? I guarantee you not. But if I go ba da 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 da, it's the melody to Star Wars. Uh, Those are the degrees. Right. So that's why ear training is so much, uh, so much handier than memorization by like frets or numbers. It's like, can you hear it? Do you got it? Right. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah, man. Some wisdom from yeah. The land of Michael Hebbs there. The Zalma yeah. brain works. Yeah. Yeah. We did get into memorization too on that episode and just how to sort of um, compartmentalize things in your brain. I don't think that's the right term, but just yeah. like, you know, it's all stuff that we, we're we we're obviously not experts on, but it's just like, this is how we sort of think and, and try to remember songs and like, um, and you get better at it as you, as you do it more, but. Uh, but I, I love to just take things in chunks. It's like this part of the song sounds like this song that I already yeah. know, but it's in this key. And it's like, or like the strumming pattern. Like sometimes I remember one one chart. I I just wrote "Cruise," which is a song. Oh, Coop's on the show. Oh, okay. little puppy dog. Um, like the song "Cruise" by Florida Georgia Line. Right? It's like I know this feel. Like I play that song so many times in bars. I know kind of roughly the speed of it. Yep. And like what the strumming pattern is. So I just wrote that. I said like, you know, key of this kind of like cruise on the chart, literally. Yeah, and that that yeah. helped me remember, okay, it's this, you know, rather than um, writing out a super detailed, here's what the strum pattern is. It's just like, no, I already know this. All I need to do is jog my memory by writing one word on the page. Right. So yeah. it's like make things easier for yourself that way. Um, but yeah, no, that was a really cool episode to do. I'm really glad we did it and we should do another one in the future. Maybe on something more complex yeah. or or uh, or something like that. I think that's true. Super cool, Maybe but, get it into yeah. the like the full nitty gritty high resolution learning. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So um, yeah. So thanks so much everybody for for listening to this episode and and uh, any of the others that you've been in on since the inception of this podcast. Um, if you liked the sound of any of these episodes and you haven't heard them before, please do go check them out at Music Guy podcast.com if you have any suggestions for future topics future guests if you want to submit a question if you want to submit a song of yours to be played on the show you can do all that stuff uh via email musicguypodcast at gmail.com or hit either of us up on social media 
Mike is at Bruno the Meek on Instagram. I'm at Al Rome Music on Instagram and Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, whatever else. Um, except for t- TikTok because I'm in my 30s. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that does it. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is just tell your friends about it, spread the word, spread the love. And uh, we look forward to doing many, many, many more episodes of this fine internet radio program we call the music guy podcast uh that's all i got for this yeah. week go home i mean you're already go home. Home. i'm already home go we're take your dog home. on that's a walk where, that's where we're supposed to be i do have to take my dog for a walk yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah um so thanks again everybody uh and we'll see you all next week bye for now <laughs> <laughs>